Arizona. Book club, the next chapter. No, thank you. Nope. It's like 80 for Brady. There's no fucking... Oh, man, yeah. No fucking Every time I look at the 80 for Brady trail, I'm like, Whoa, we got... Look, we look... It's like a stripper, but it's a statue. It's like... How fucking hoardy do you have to be to look at, like, the Statue of David and be like, I need to fuck that? It's pretty intense, dude. Yeah, it's... Like, I... I what, who's this appealing to? Like, are, are, like, old women going to the movies like that? Is that... I don't understand the appeal. Yeah, it's just like, what makes you think that there's a uh, market for this? Like, dude, there's no, like... Even if I was the biggest Tom Brady fan, I'm not going to see 80 for Brady. That's not fucking happening. I don't... Is it just because, like, well, these old broads... They used to be a uh, commodity, but so let's get them. Yeah, we, we got it. Fucking Especially Diane like, Keaton, she was in The Godfather. In like years after Tom Brady played for the Patriots. Yeah. He, it's like, oh, this is a it's like a time capsule story based on a true story. I don't give a shit. That's a, the fucking Facebook movie exists. That's a true story. That's a good point. Even if it's not a true story at all. But, hey, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yes, welcome to the show. You know how we do. We talk about 80 for Brady. 80 for Brady. <laughs> so I just don't understand why Gronk would even sign up for the movie. Yeah, I, well, that I get. Yeah. That one makes sense. Because there's a paycheck. It, it's a paycheck. It and it's Gronk. a lot better than getting hit in the face. Well, for, for uh, his career, he really didn't get hit in the face as much as... Uh, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. That's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, A devastating event takes out most of the world's population. Humans are forced to retreat underground. One man from this uh, dystopian future is sent back in time, maybe, potentially to stop this horrific event from happening. Will he do it and find out what, why his memories are haunting him? Or is some other shit going on? I don't know. <laughs> All it's going to mean one thing we watch uh, La Jete and 12 Monkeys on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Retro vs. Remake! They're like um, the tangle music. The tangle music, yeah. yeah, it's so good. It's and it's so, it's so perfect. And you also, no one's ever used it since, like you know, anything like it. So it's, I think it's perfect. It really it, is perfect. It's like it frames these scenes up so so well. Like it, it, like it's there. It never feels like it's overpowering the scene. Yeah, it just you're right. It feels like, but it's like playful and eerie at the same yes. time, which is what this movie kind of is. Totally. That's a uh, well, the sec, the remake. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the first one is not so much playful. No, it's not playful at all. It can be eerie. Oh, it's super eerie. Yeah. And it's very... I don't know if you... I mean, we'll just dive into it, I guess. Yeah. Um, did When you watched the short, did uh, you get very um, student film vibes from it? Oh, I did. yeah. I, it's like, yeah. Mm, it's like, like, just the, the way it's shot, because it's all, like, pictures. It's like, I am alone. I am Prometheus, man. 
Ma, and everyone has those, like, oh, he's a doctor because he's got those weird goggles. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you have as well, but I've seen quite a few student films oh, in my day. I saw one last night. That's right. Stingaroo. It's not. Well, yeah. There's not many student films that I'm like, yeah, that was good. No, there's like almost. No, there's, there's very none. I'll, uh, I'll give us a quick breakdown and I want to talk about all this stuff. Yes. Uh, La Jete is a 1962 French science fiction featurette uh, directed by Chris Marker. Let's see, written by Chris Marker, starring. I mean, it doesn't even matter who, so I'm going to... Helene Shatlane, Davos Hanek, and Jacques Ledeau. And narrated by, really, I guess the star of our film, in my opinion, uh, Jane Negroni. Yeah, that he is definitely the star. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, and just because of how this works, I guess, cinematography by John Chabot and uh, Chris Marker. So, it's a 28-minute long French science fiction... Yes, and I think it's the only movie that's ever been... Uh, the cinematography was uh, done on Microsoft Paint. Really? Think, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I could believe it. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. It's 1960. Come on, Reggie. Be more scared. <laughs> is, that what it, is that what it was? Was that, that, that what it was made? Yeah, this was uh, oh, made I in 62. But like, you could have made this. Wow. Movie. So Kennedy could have seen this. Kennedy may have seen this. Uh, yeah, and it's basically uh, it's a slideshow. Yeah. It's a slideshow with narration. Um, about a dystopian future. I mean, essentially, all movies are slideshows, oh, but, you know, damn. you know, you know what I got. You spitting right now. Spitting right now. <laughs> uh, 12 Monkeys is a 1995 American science fiction film directed by uh, Terry Gillum. Of course, it was inspired by, uh, it's the remake of Chris Marker's 1962 film, La Jetée. La Jetée. With a uh, screenplay by David Peoples and Janet Peoples. Um, oh, Peoples, man. Starring Bruce Willis, <laughs> Madeline Stowe, Brad Pitt. Christopher Plummer, with, uh, I guess, cinematography by Roger Pratt. Unlike the other films, 28 minutes, this is 129 minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Overshot a little bit. It's almost, it's egregious how, like, this, the movie is, you took La Jete mm -hmm. and made it into this. Like, it's almost like, how high were you, like, that you took that and made it into this? You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, um... You know, without getting too deep into it, this is actually, this is a true adaptation. Like, this is, you know, here's our source material. We've got the, the bones of it, and then just like, yeah, here's all the stuff that could have happened yeah. in between. You know, I, I guess, uh, as we talk, I'll make some arguments about, like, I guess, the future time traveling that occurs in the, uh, in the original. Yeah. Like, that would be, to me, like, the only major distinction. Um... Between, I guess, how the films are structured, but you're right, like, how they were able to expand all of this yeah. from La Jetée. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. I mean, so. So, I know we both watched uh, La Jetée for the first time for the yes, podcast. Yes, correct. Um, because why would we be watching 1962 That's true. I, I've always been aware of it, though. Right? Like, I, it's always been on my radar. Not that I dis. I also didn't dislike it when yeah. I said, like, the student vibes, oh, no, I student film vibes, but it's, it, it's definitely, like, I, once it was, I had to, I guess I'm glad that I have because I had to be forced to watch it for yeah, this, so sure. it's different. That's, that's good. I think, um, I'm, as a person, I guess, uh, not deeply, but like I've studied film in the past, I've taken some like film study classes, so I don't want to 
overstate this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I've been a fan of, like, certain French films. Like, I go back in, like, uh, Alphaville. Um, I think they have uh, a Brave New World that was, like, a French film. Really? At some point. I think so. Don't, don't call me. But, like, that, like, New Wave era uh, French film, I thought it was actually pretty dope. Existentialism? Mm hmm This isn't quite that, but uh, it feels like a kind of a precursor to that era. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, that, it, and, I mean, it can't be too far from that era. No. Yeah. And then, like, 12 Monkeys, I mean, for me, this is actually my first time actually seeing 12 Monkeys. Oh, really? Yeah, so, like, I, I was aware of the film. Didn't really know what it was about. Like, oh, I mostly just knew, like, the uh, the cover. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Visuals with, like, with the eye. Yeah, which had the 12 Monkeys logo in it. Yeah, the 12 Monkeys. I didn't Monkeys. know that, because... Yeah, at first you're like, is this a the Terminator movie? Yeah, the poster could have been better. Because it does, it's very Terminator. Yeah. yeah, it's very Terminatorous. Which I think is why, weirdly enough, maybe why I'd never seen it, because I was like, well, a Terminator exists. Why would I yeah. need to watch this? Um, that was a mistake. I no, I think, yeah. I, it really should have just been the logo, and yeah, it should have been just the movie. That would be cool. You have to have... But also they're like, well, you got to have Bruce Willis on the poster. But he, you don't really see his face. Right. Like, it's just a bald guy. Right. It could be anyone. Yeah. And, like, Madeline's still, like, behind him. And then Brad Pitt behind her. But talk about capitalizing on Brad Pitt as like yeah. a commodity. Oh man, they uh, like I no, I just said commodity twice in like fifteen minutes. But but he because they got him. I was even like doing research on it, like reading about it while I was rewatching this. Uh, of like he when they got him, he wasn't Brad Pitt yet in right. this movie. And then while they were making this, or they, he did it for like a very low amount of money. He right. Did the movie, and I think Bruce Willis everyone did it for free. Pay. Yeah, everyone did a pay cut. Bruce Willis just wanted to work with Terry Gilliam. Right. And then, um, they he made money on the back end, but uh, funny enough, um, this pay cut happened because Waterworld was uh, yeah. the previous. Uh, movie from the studio, and they were like, "We're running out of money." Yeah, we, we, we fucked up. We fucked up big time. But Waterworld, you know what? As much of a disaster as that movie was, I'll still watch it. Right, watch, watch it all the time. Watch Waterworld. I'll watch it all the time. Dry land is not a myth. Um, he uh, one of the few films that starts with a guy drinking his own piss. That's true. With his with gills. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so they got him. They got Brad Pitt early. They got him. While, like, right after they made this movie, uh, Legend of the Fall hit, uh, and Seven hit. Right. And then he became, like, a fucking big deal. Yeah. And then this movie came out, and he got an Academy Award nomination yep. for this, too. Yep. Yeah, he, uh, apparently at one point he worked with, um, some kind of, like, psychologist, like a doctor who worked at a mental facility and was like, yo, teach me how, yeah. they, how they move. He really, uh, he invested. Yeah, he, really he did invest, but I, what I thought was even funnier is that, like, he did all this work and Terry Gilliam was still like, hmm. Yeah, like that's really not working. So instead, he just stole his cigarette. Yeah, so that was the, that was the thing that made him like like an itchy. That's pretty good. But so the, so this is that's your this is all your first uh, first, foray. First one through for me. Wow. Okay. you like I'm uh, sure. for me. I so I remember seeing the poster for Twelve Monkeys in the theater, mm -hmm. and this I remember it came out around the same time as uh, like Bruce Willis had. Some yeah. big movies back to back to back to back in, in a row. Like it was Pulp Fiction, yep. uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, Last Man Standing, which I think we should do that on this podcast at one point. Cool. I don't know when, but um, I think it's Yojimbo. Is the I've the, seen funny? Hmm. No, I'll say it. I've seen Yojimbo. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm not 
seen uh, Last Man Standing, early spoilers. Oh, it's fucking, it's like a gangster western, hmm. which is like my idea for my television show, Cowboy Columbo. We just take it, take the gangster genre, that, we take Columbo and just put him in the west, but I digress. <laughs> um, no, and then, so I, I remember saying to my cousin at the time, and being like, I really want to see this movie, because he's like, he's gonna live, and he's like, fucking why? And I think, I remember seeing it specifically, like, it, I was young, but I was in my parents' bedroom, and I watched it, and then I got to the end, I was like, wait, what? What right. the fuck? Right. Like, and I was so confused, I thought I was like 11. Sure. And, like, I watched it, like, well, that doesn't make sense. And then I watched it, I had to watch it again, I remember I got the the uh, VHS of this movie. Right. So I watched that, and I was like, oh, yo. And I was like, this is so deep. I mean, it still is pretty deep, but at the time, when I'm, like, 11, I fucking think I understand right. all of the nuances that are going on in this film. I was, I fucking fell in love with it. I was really in love with this movie. Especially for the time period. It yeah. It certainly was. Uh, yeah, it was deep. big, and, like, and, you know, they all kind of do really well yeah. in that movie, yeah. in this movie. They... I... I'm glad that I saw Laja Tate first, just because um, with this being my first foray into 12 Monkeys, just having something to kind of like latch onto yeah. in terms of like the plot and being able to follow it. Because I'd be interested to see how I would have reacted if, if it was the, just me watching that movie with no other context. But uh, that, that universe does not exist. Uh, no. Not currently. But uh, like... Like you were saying, seeing how they expanded this short film. It's yeah, that it, it's actually very impressive. Like, huh. Yeah, yeah. But let's get into that. Sure. So this is this is my one qualm with the movie, mm -hmm. and I'm watching it through like my adult eyes, and also watching it as a post-pandemic eyes. Yeah, yeah. So in the in La Jate, it's it's a they don't quite say it's uh, nuclear, but it's. Devastating. It's a yeah. devastating bomb war yeah. that has sure. devastated human beings. And they, well, they kind of say radiation. Yeah. So. Let me give them a quick synopsis. Okay, go ahead. We'll go ahead. break it. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> in the past, <laughs> um, yeah, in the past, a devastating event, uh, in one situation, it's uh, nuclear fallout, we assume. The other, it's a uh, bio disease, like human engineered, that wipes out most of the world's population. People are forced to, like, go underground um, where there's, like, experiments being done on people. Um, and they're ultimately, through those experiments, they try to travel back in time. So they send the guy who actually... Time traveling's tough. So yeah. not everyone can do it. There's a guy who seems to have an affinity for it. Um, they send him back, and he keeps reliving this moment in his past as he's uh, time traveling and trying to figure out what that moment was. He's he's remembering seeing when he was a kid, kid. seeing a guy get killed in front of him. That's right, that's right. Yep, and an airport in both films. Yes, <clears throat> uh, and there's also a woman in that memory that over time he realizes is a woman that he sees when he travels back in time. Yeah, she tries to help him. He tries to figure things out, and um, ultimately, this character realizes that this moment in time that he keeps remembering may have involved him. In more ways than he expected. Yes. And that's basically it. Like, uh, I wouldn't say there's any real, like, resolution to, like, do they change the past or not? Like, in theory, you can't change well, the yes, past. Well, yes. In theory. But, in theory. But in rationale, you can. Yeah. Yeah. In theory, I don't know. 
it's, it's you know like since we you can't do it, we haven't been able to do it yet. Yeah. Well, as far as we know. Well, you know, in any like time loop movie like this is always like, well, the events that are happening, quote unquote, from the future affecting the past, is still just I don't know playing out into that future. So yeah. Like, it, you know how these time travel movies get. I. So what I was saying, mm -hmm. the first thing of how they, the settings of both, it makes sense yeah. in La Jete that they're underground. Yeah. But it kind of doesn't make sense that they're underground in 12 Monkeys. I can agree with that. Because it's biochemicals. Right. Like, it, there's, it's not that the, the air itself it's is infected, it's the same and it's the same air, yeah. like, and hate to t break it to you. Rodents are getting in underground, like all those other things. So they they're gonna carry some of that disease and sure. Now, maybe there's an argument to be made that they that this is like a defense mechanism because the animals have like populated they, so much that like. But even that, like, why yeah. why would you just be in like a building? Yes. Like, where do you solve that problem thousands of years ago? And I also and some of that some of the stuff with the animals, like although it looked really cool, looked really cool. I, like some with the animals, like in um uh. They're in Philadelphia, yeah. and it's snowing, and he's out collecting samples for these uh, scientists or whatever of the of the diseased world. And he's out in like his big suit, which looks kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's very like clockwork orange. It's very Kubrickian. This movie, yeah. There's a lot of Kubrick influence. You can see it, which kind of makes sense too with um, some of the imagery from the '62 uh, film as well. Like just. Some of the effects do remind me of like Kubrick type uh, film, like especially the goggles. Yes, the goggles. Have. I'm like, okay, this feels like yeah. something I could see in the like a clockwork orange. But I, you could actually see the opposite there because you could see Kubrick being like, that's cool, yeah, and I'm gonna use that. Or is like 12 months. It's like a loop. Yeah, it's a fucking it's a, loop. It's a fucking time loop. Oh my god, yo. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> So, no, but they, but then they have, like, the lion, he's on top of whatever building in Philadelphia in the snow, which just looks really cool and, yeah. like, roaring, but I just like, mm, he'd be dead. Yeah. Like, he's not surviving the winter. Lions in, uh, yeah, in the northeast corridor. That's true. He's not doing that. Yeah, there's some, there's some things like that that, you know, I don't think that the movie, either movie is trying to ground itself in, uh, realism. Yeah. Yeah. I... There is, like, elements of it. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, there are elements of realism, but they, also the big part, which I think is very interesting in both movies, is that the prison system exists still. No matter if there's yeah. 1% of the population left, or 5 billion people get killed. Right. Um, whichever, whichever one you want to believe. Um, and the prison system keeps on going, baby. No problem. And that's where they, that's where they recruit their volunteers. Right. To, right, which is very totalitarian the way they volunteer, and that's also that kind of element to the, both of these. Yeah, I think that um, the prison system set up like weirdly enough, even though the, the other movies are short because of the narration and their things are being said more sort of explicitly. I, I had a better feel of. Um, I mean, it still doesn't make sense in prison people after all this, but like, I had a better sense of, of what was happening in the prison. Like, they were saying, hey, we've got these prisoners, we're experimenting on them. And like, it's clear that that's happening in the remake as well, but like, it's not just set out right yeah. in the same way. So like, Well, I, that's the opening shot 
is like they were like coming down with the like the crane machine almost, like yeah. they're like you're you're volunteering, and he's like taking him away. Yeah. He's like, oh no, I don't want to volunteer. Uh, and then they even say it to Bruce Willis, they're like, hey, you're gonna you're you volunteered. He's like, I didn't volunteer. And he's like, yes, you did. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, I also like so. Go ahead. Keep uh, I guess, going. Yeah. Um, there's just. I guess it's torture either way, though. Like, like just a more, I guess, obvious torture element. Yeah. In the original. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the distinction I'm trying to make. Yeah. yeah well, like the means, which is like, why bother? Well, yeah, which way? Yeah. <laughs> why? But also, I think that there, if you had um, a level, a level catastro- catastrophic level. Event that mm-hmm. wiped out the human race. I don't. I think you would actually have plenty of volunteers to be like, let's figure this out. Yeah. Like that would be like, yeah, try and fucking put me back in time. Yeah. Like I'll hell, I'll do it. I'll do it right now. It's fucking sign people. me up. It's plenty of people. I mean, uh, you would probably do it. Like, I think so. yo, you have high schools named after Reggie Parker. That'd like, be sick. yo, That'd be sick. Reginald Parker Junior High. Well, you bring you bring that up. Uh... Reginald Parker Junior Junior High. <laughs> <laughs> Future Junior High. Yes. Uh, like, uh, you brought up, um, that, right, like, the volunteering and devastation stuff. Like, watching these films, again, after the lens of the pandemic. Yes. The COVID-19. I mean, weirdly enough, uh, we just went through the Canadian wildfire. Yes. Like, our air was, like, hazy and orange. Yeah. <laughs> it smelled like smoke because of fire, like, a thousand miles away. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh. It's wild. Fire. So, it's <laughs> fire. Uh, but to your point, like, I think you're right because, like, when you saw COVID nineteen, there are plenty of people like, I want to go outside. Yes. So, like, yeah, yeah there would be volunteers like, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to lock me up, bro. Like, and, yeah. And for the record, I just want to want to be known that mm-hmm. because of the, like the Canadian smoke thing, this is what happens when you have Las Vegas playing uh, Florida in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yes. Canada gets pissed, bro. That's they're looking point. around. They're like, they don't even have ice in Vegas or Florida. How are they playing hockey? That's a good point. Yet the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs can't make it through. They get pissed. Mm-hmm. Canadians are cool until you fucking make fun of hockey. Yep. Or Tim Hortons. They um, love Tim Hortons. They and poutine. Love. And poutine. But who doesn't love poutine? Poutine's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. That's a... Uh, that's him coming out of Canada. Mm, I would go with Michael J. Fox, but that's hey, me. Uh, that's pretty good too. Yeah, Norm Macdonald, maybe. <laughs> um, pretty good too. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. they. I also like the the way the different mechanisms that they send them back in time. Okay. Like it's so the the thing in the the original La uh, La Je, La Chete, the jetty. <laughs> the jetty. Uh, that he... It's almost like he... Did he go back in time? Right. Or is this a deep meditation? I... Because that's... The way they, they do it in in that one, it's... Basically, it's... They're going through the mind. Yeah. And he has to go into... Like, basically, cling onto a memory and then... It's kind of like Inception-y in that way. Yes, it like, is. It's, that's exactly what I thought, too. Yeah. I got such Inception vibes right. that you can actually see where Christopher Nolan took from this a little bit. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Because uh, ultimately, you know, I guess, they're, I guess they're trying to solve it, sort of like what they're doing in 12 Monkeys. Yes. But like, how? 
Like, you know, like... Look, I think they're trying anything at that point. Yeah. It's, I like, trying and examining, examining, like, that well, life and trying to duplicate it, but he does duplicate right. it. Now, that was almost, like, resource-based, right? Or was 12 Monkeys more resource-based? Like, I thought that there was, like, some purpose, like, um, you can't go to space. You yeah. can't, like, go to the surface. So it's, like, almost like we're going to go back yes. to try to, like... Help today? Yes. I, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my head around what what he was trying to do in the past. Yeah, I as much. Well, I yeah, it's and also like he once he's there, he kind of meets his girl and falls in love or begins to right. fall in love with her. At least, like, and she's familiar, and so he like goes back. But I think uh, okay, go ahead. Sorry, so I had to look it up. That that's what they were trying to do. They are sending people back. In time, like the past and future, to make sure. Oh, hmm. sorry, so, cat, cat accident. Yeah, uh, they're sending people back in time to the future, basically to like try to get help. Yeah. So like, in Twelve Monkeys, they're basically trying to find the cure. Yeah, or stop it in right. total. Like this one, they're trying to help us, everyone. They're like, they're like dude, we fucked yeah. up. Please, like somebody. Stop us from. It's more like it's more like trying to get like if you're trapped in a big trunk and they're yeah. like trying to like yell through the trunk. Yeah, yeah. It, but that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I just had to get wrap my head around. Yeah, it's it's but so with that when they're doing that and mm-hmm. it's almost like he's clinging to a memory of him as a younger as a yes. kid, but and what their memory could fail you a little bit. That, you know, like, that he what? could be constructing this whole thing of them going to a museum and stuff. Right. Some of the stuff that seems, like, kind of not important that he's doing, I'm not going to lie to you. When they go to the Redwood and be like, oh, this is where I was born. This is, which they, which is beautifully done, the yes. way they do it in, um, in, uh, 12 Monkeys. The yeah. way they mimic that, but they don't mimic it. Right. They, they're watching it in a movie. Not in Vertigo. That's really, that was cool. When they, uh, pulled in the, uh, the Vertigo yeah. play. That was a big turning point in the movie, too, when they basically decide to, like, <clears throat> go under... Not undercover, but, like, they put it on costumes. Disguise. Yeah. Disguise, thank you. Um, just like in Vertigo. Nice. It was a nice, uh, nice touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gillum really got in his bag on this movie. He did. Terry Gillum. Yeah, he's... It's really... It's really, uh, magnificent to watch, like, yeah. visually. It's really a great... But I, what I love, so we're talking about that mechanism, but mm-hmm. then the mechanism, I think it's much more clear that he does go back in time. In yes, 12 months. 12 months, yeah, yes. It's much yes. clearer. That, thank you for pulling that thread yes. back together. So, but also the mechanism, I think it's so interesting. Just mm-hmm. living in the world that we live in now, and especially post-pandemic and things getting rushed and, you know, um, vaccines and whatnot and what works and what doesn't work and blah, Sure. Like, why would time travel work perfectly? That's like, a, like a fucking DeLorean. That's because he point. constantly gets sent to the wrong place. I, I love that part of the movie too. Yeah, like he goes to World War One. But it, it's a, it's that yes. Yeah, and then <laughs> he goes to 1990. He goes five years before he needs to go. Like, what's cool about that is it's also showing a progression of time. Yes, in a movie where time is so loose because. They're getting better at sending yeah. people back. In the They're getting more accurate. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, hmm. Now nah. nah, we fucked up. <laughs> Shit. Curious uh, too. <laughs> yes. Oh, y'all. Oh, I see what you did. Not yeah. racing half the. But going back to World War Two, which right, it's World War One actually. Yes. 
which is awesome. One, and he's in France, which I guess yes. is a callback. Um, what's so great about that scene is one, you get to shoot this this uh, this war scene, the war scene, which yeah. is awesome, cool. You shot it, but then how it plays back into the story, which like I don't believe you, I don't believe you. Wait, wait, that bullet was from when? Yeah, and she's like, oh shit, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it goes back. And then also, then he sees like his friend yeah. getting like right. Jose well, getting hurt. Well, hey, hey! He's like, "Well, that was fucking convenient." <laughs> but also, like the the dichotomy of the the visual dichotomy of that you're in this war, literally hell on earth. Which, by the way, no one talks about World War One anymore. Right? How horrific that war was. That and that's a great point. Devastating. Like World War Two was that sequel hit so hard. It's almost like a Terminator Judgment Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> World War Two, like, though. Yeah, you, you forgot how good fucking Terminator was. Yeah. World War One was... Uh, oh, it's... Joke, especially... I mean, that was called the Great War for a reason. Yeah. You're like, Jesus. Yeah. People had Gatlin guns and shit. Like, right. started dropping bombs. No one dropped bombs yeah. before that. Yeah, like, the first time, they're like... Yeah, fucking mustard gas. <laughs> Even that, they, they have, like, mustard gas yeah. in this thing. But he... And then the dichotomy of, like, basically, he looks like a baby. Yeah. Like, in the middle of this whole thing. Yeah, when he comes And out. he comes out, he's bald, he look, he's got no hair on him, and he's naked. Right. Like, and then he's so confused, he has no idea what's going on. Because of course he's confused. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, it was just what? so interesting. And then he gets shot. Again, it's like, um, another nice change where, like, lots of say, again, it's narrated, so, like, they spell it out. It's like, okay, people struggle with going back in time. Uh, most people can't do it, and there's only a few folks, in this case our protagonist, which, um... Cole. Uh, oh, and that, and La Jete. Yeah, and La Jete. Um, let's see, that's the narrator. Yeah. Uh, Davos Hanik plays the man. Réveillé, il lui parle encore. D'une vérité trop fantastique pour être reçue, il garde l'essentiel. Which is the equivalent of uh, James Cole. James Cole, who's played by Bruce Willis in the '95. I'm simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. Um. So yeah, Davos, like you said, that deep meditation. He's good at drawing these memories. Yes. Um, Bruce, like, it's not as like explicit, like who's good at time travel or not, but like because he does have this deep connection. It is kind of helping more him because he's able to draw back on that. But like, imagine, like, okay, I'm going to 96. And it's like, wait a minute, this is World War One. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? But he, like, that's why they chose him because he has a tough mind mm-hmm. of that he doesn't get that confused right. as to where he is. Because that's got to be such a mind oh, fuck. Like, one, even if you, especially when you don't really know where you are. Um, but he's also detailed oriented. Like, what, he can remember things. Which is so smart. To just send him to like 1990. Yes. That's just off. Yeah. The first time being just off. Because like someone with less talent, whether that's the screenplay or the directing, would do the World War thing first. Yeah. And be like, oh, crazy. But like, by just missed it. Yeah. it's so much more impactful when he misses that. And then also what's great is that before, when you meet um, Madeline So's character, Dr. I don't know. So, in um, in the 1962 film, the equivalent would be Helene Shadlin, who plays the woman. Only afterwards do they claim remembrance on account of their scars. That face 
which was to be a unique image of peacetime to carry with him through the whole wartime, he often wondered if he had ever seen it, or if he had dreamed a lovely moment to catch up with a crazy moment that came next. In that film, and Madeline Stowe in 95 plays Dr. Catherine Rayleigh. What year do you think it is? 1996. That's the future, James. Do you think you're living in the future? Yeah. And she, yeah, she, uh, she, but she's giving a, a talk about, um, she mentions the World War One scene. Right. Before you see the scene. Yeah. So she's like, this guy had no, no one knew, and they show, it's like, they, he had no idea why he was there. He had no name, like, they had no name that he was not involved in infantry. He didn't speak French. He yeah. had no, like, no idea who he was. So almost, and they were saying that it was, a, as it was a, um, a psychological effect of like PTSD um, that possibly that's what it could have been, but obviously it wasn't. Right. It was fucking Jose. But even even that, the subtlety of that though, like they built yeah. it before you got to it. Correct, which is phenomenal in the subtlety of that, but like also because you could also interpret the film as um, as did he? Like, is he actually just like nuts? Like, that, that could be a reading yes. of the film as well. So it's like, oh, maybe he's having these memories because of PTSD, like the soldier yeah. and the, the thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. It's and so good. Yeah, the, the whole thing is wild of that uh, they might then go back and... But I love the aspect mm -hmm. of, um, like, it was like, every, also everything was like, Steam astrophysics, yeah. like everything in the in the setting of yeah. the future, which is also supposed to be, I think, twenty thirty five. Right, it is supposed to be yeah. twenty thirty five. It it would be like um, less ambitious Blade Runner. Yeah, like it's still kind of like the like future. wind up Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> like everything like winds up, <laughs> and you got to do everything by hand, and you got to fucking crank everything. Right, but right. it's it's really interesting. I, I like the the way they everything's shot the way yeah. like the settings everything even like when they get to the modern day of they set them in the room mm -hmm. like the impossible escape right the only way you could get out, out is through that vent that's 40 feet in the sky right. and it's like he couldn't get up there right and it's I think it it does when I remember it first watching it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of they kind of like I thought like maybe he is crazy because they put him in a crazy situation right. of being in a mental institution with Jeffrey Goins, aka Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt yeah. uh, who's when you first talk about an introduction by him, it's great. Like when he's sitting there with the shirt over his head, over his head. And, and he's like sitting in the chair. I love the fit too. Oh, the fit, the track jacket. Yo, he's great. He's like, oh. Meanwhile, you're looking at him and you're like, this man is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. This guy is so dirty and fucking creepy and will fuck my wife in front of me. <laughs> but and, and no one would complain. I'd be like, I, I give it to you. But he's, and then how he keeps like, giving him the tour and the tour. Yeah. His little monologue is so good. So good. So phenomenal. And then he keeps interrupting it to yell at people for sitting in his chair. It's just so good. No, I mean that uh, that Oscar nomination. I think he I think he deserved mm. it. Also, having this interplay, like in La Jetée, the fallback is always just the woman. 
Yes. Right? Like that's She's the constant. That's the Which is, she's kind of the constant. Kind of, but it's she, much more subdued constant. It, it's more subdued, and I think it, it intensifies as we go along. Like, as he's starting to put the picture back together every time he travels. Yeah. I think that their connection uh, becomes more apparent, or I guess meaningful. But like, having the Brad Pitt, Jeffrey Goings character yes. as part of the mystery, too, is like... Yeah, how does this work like, out? And like, I, I would say that, honestly, a lot of their scenes, especially early in the film, are more, I guess, impactful or somewhat more interesting to watch. Like, those two interact, and then oh. over time, the Madeline Stowe connection yes. gets a little bit better. Sometimes she, she also does some things that she... She has these flares of yelling sometimes, yeah. and it's like... What? Like yeah. It kind of comes out of nowhere, like, James! <laughs> okay. Well, especially because she's she's oscillating between, like, that, like, being yeah. concerned about him, but also being terrified of him because he's, like, actually kidnapping her. So she's yes. like, sometimes she's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, and then other times she's like, eh, let's hang out, you know? Yeah. It's, it's weird. Also, I, the, the way they, like, they drag. I just love the idea of like that. Science is not a specific science. Like it's like they they drag him back at the wrong time. They put him in the wrong place. They keep doing things that are weird. Well, not only that too. Um, the science not being exact, and some of the different like um, I guess what allegories and things that they make throughout. Like when she's talking about psychology or whatever being like the new religion. Yeah, you know. Um, the Goings argument about like germs, I thought that was one of the best mm-hmm. monologues in the uh, in the film. When he's like, "Yeah, this, this scientists are trying to tell everyone there's like these tiny little things that are like making you sick." You're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Because like, of course that would be the response. It's like, yes. What's a germ? What's a germ? What are you talking about? Yeah, like, Why am I washing my hands? Could you please get the fuck away from me? And how like that guy who is right could be considered like insane? Insane. Yes. And Bruce Willis having that parallel is like, hey, same thing. And then at the same time, everyone that he encounters in the past, the only one you could maybe make the argument for is Madeline Stowe. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else, are they worth saving? Like, are they, like, everyone he meets, like, the the orderlies are, like, abusive. Yes. They, like, he's like, Jimbo! And granted, you know, he's a violent guy. Sure. So it's not that, it's not that unheard of. Well, you that, beat up, like, nine cops. Yeah, nine cops, exactly. He comes in, like, drugged up beyond belief. He, but they, then, like, later on, they go to, like, that, uh, like, everything's dirty. Like, mm-hmm. super dirty. And they go to, like, the whorehouse. Everyone's creepy there. The pimp comes in. Like, everyone that they meet is fucking yeah. a horrible person. But they yeah. don't, then it gives you, like, that. Are we worth saving? And then at the same time, Goins is saying the same thing. Right. That we're not worth saving. Like, that animal, everything that's happening to animals is... Yeah, it's... No, it's a, It's an interesting parallel. Like, are, yeah. like you're saying, are we worth saving? And, you know, going back to, like, Madeline Souls, like, um, you know, not to denigrate her performance. I think she did great. But, yeah. like, um, that character does... Fluctuate quite a bit, which actually makes sense because she's dealing with her own um, battle with like she thinks she's losing. Exactly. Yeah, you know, so she kind of is because well, that's really fucking weird. And then it all starts coming together, and you're like, 
Wait, this is a bullet is from 1916 or right. whatever it was. And like just just having that um, that interplay, it's really interesting to me when she how concerned she is. I guess it makes sense. Like I'm trying to put myself in the her shoes, but like it makes sense. She's worried about like the five billion people. But, like I don't I don't know. Like I think my first question was like, yo, but do I live? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be like my first question. Uh, do I go underground now or <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. Because, like, I guess, like, wanting to say humanity makes sense, but that always feels so, like, movie to me. It's like, yeah. I think I think we would try to save humanity if it, if yeah, it, you if would. it was convenient. I, I agree, but I also love kind of that he knows it's futile. Right, like he's doing this. He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to help, do my part, but I'm not gonna save. That that I is, can't save you. There's no saving you. That's the best refrain that he has throughout the film. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not here to like stop it. Yeah, I'm just trying to get some information yeah. so that maybe someone else. That's can what do I told you. Yeah. They told me to come back and observe. I'm yeah, observing. I'm observing. <laughs> which uh, is honestly the best thing you can do if you're time traveling. Which is just observe. Try yeah. not to, you know, try not to fuck shit up. Yeah, try not to bang your own mom. Uh, yeah. Like, and, uh, <laughs> Well, you know, back you know, in the future. Not at least not in the the past. If you want to do it in the future, yeah, just do whatever yeah, you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, you, or the present. Or the present. Whatever you, whatever floats your boat. Also, the tagline that they landed on for uh, Twelve Monkeys. Phenomenal. The future is history. Yes, that's that's as good that's as that's so fucking nineties. Yeah, bro. it is. That's so like you know, someone was they were sitting around a table like, what do we call it? I it was uh. The, the original, uh, I gotta look it up. The original, the, the original was it was it was terrible that it didn't make any sense. It's um, about a hand. That's yeah, I mean. it was like, but it sounded like the hand. Um, I was I I was watching it this morning. I'm sorry, I'm looking I'm because no, I'm okay. this down. But the the Brad Pitt nervous speed. Brad Pitt. The tagline was originally, the future is in the hands of a man who has none. Right. And they thought that, that, that the guy, this guy is an amputee? Yeah. Like, what, he has no hands? <laughs> so, and it is pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Like, I, I actually don't quite get what you're trying to say. Like, the future out of his hands? Yes. It's not the way it is. No, he has no future. Hmm. Okay, that's yes. part Whatever but it doesn't make sense. It's, ter- no, it's it a terrible written, but the future is history. Much better. But it, it's true, but it's not history. It's still right. there. It's just right. shitty. Yeah. Because the future is still the future. Because history yeah. implies that it's the past. But, you know. Yeah. But that was also, I, I love the, the explanation, kind of, because, uh, spoiler alert, Brad Pitt's character is a red herring. Yeah. That they think that Brad Pitt's character released all of this... Disease, because his father's like a uh, scientist. Which, how good is it that the title of the film is Red Hair? Yes, the whole the, title, the, and like, it means nothing really. It's so good. Yes, that they're <laughs> the army of the twelve monkeys. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just a radical like PETA group. Yeah, yeah. That's that are release a bunch of animals it's, in the zoo. It's just like twelve random dudes. Yeah, that lock they lock Christopher Plummer in. Yeah, in the monkey cage. Oh, man. <laughs> and Christopher Plummer's company is the one that makes the disease that kills right. mankind. So you think, like, he has access, blah, 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 but nope. Yeah. He has no desire to kill human beings. He's yeah. just, just, trying, he's to just trying to free some 
some monkeys. Yeah, and then um, when they when they change after watching Vertigo, and they're trying to get to the airport, it's like, what's taking so long to get to the airport? It's yeah, like, you hear about the twelve monkeys, like twelve monkeys. So, oh shit! <laughs> and then they see what they did. They're like, oh. Fuck! <laughs> like he's looking at the car, like, oh, hey, forget about the army of the twelve monkeys. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, that I fucking love that part too when he's trying to leave messages for the future. Yes, it's so good. It's like, a carpet cleaning company. The carpet cleaning company. The black chick. The first time since the nineties. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> as a house. Huh? What? what? Can you imagine getting that call to when you're fucking, like, just when you walk in the chaos of that fucking room? You're like, yo, this bitch ain't fucking. And for both of us, when you, that was the only communication. It's not like, hey, text me. Yeah, right. It's right. the communications. That phone rang. You fucking answered it. Huh? <laughs> what the fuck are you? Get carpet cleaning? I don't know how to carpet. <laughs> Get off my line. They're so good at, um, Gillum. Cinematography team—they're so good at disorienting the uh, the viewer. Because even that scene—I mean, it's kind of standard. But like, she's got the baby in one arm. She's trying to stir the fucking uh, yeah. the food. She's got the, the thing. Um, everything about the mental institution, the way they sh- shoot that—I love all those sequences. Yes. And the different actors throughout it, like um, I don't know the actor's name, but like the black guy. There yeah, that was like I'm not originally from. I I'm not always. I'm, do- I'm not from outer space or whatever. Yeah. That guy? It was, who's great. He's who's so committed. Up. He's like a giant James Brown with his if, fucking... But J- James if, Brown in the mugshot? Yeah. If they did that again today, it'd be Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. Yes. That's exactly who Seriously. Doing. You know? Seriously. Because I just watched The French Dispatch, and he's great in that. Oh. He, well, he's great in everything. Yeah, I'm, Jeffrey Wright. I'm actually just... I'm reading the James Bond novels, and, you know, he plays Felix... Felix Leiter right. in New Jersey. But now I'm reading all the old ones, mm-hmm. and I just imagine him as Felix Leiter in all these. And it's like, this is so much better. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. He's so great. He's got like that soft voice, too, that can be booming. You know. can come from any angle. Yeah. And I think Brad Pitt would knock it out of the park now, too. <laughs> More um, so. Yeah, like, Bruce Willis, not so much, but I. This, no, you gotta get Steven Seagal. I know we talked about this a bit, like, last week. This is one of my favorite Pitt. Um, Oh, yeah. I think he, like, just, for his acting career, you know, not, not too many people claim him to be, like, the greatest actor, but, like, no. he's, he's in some shit. Oh, this is a place for crazy people. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill, for all I know you're <laughs> crazy as a loon. He's, he, he, I mean, he's way, he, people don't take him as seriously as he, they should because of his, he's the most handsome man that's ever lived, right, perhaps. Right. Like, it's like him or James Dean, I don't know. <laughs> But they, what I, we, you were discussing too about uh, throwing people off, mm-hmm. and we talked about the red herring of 12 monkeys, there, he also does things in this movie that you're like, that throw you off completely, Dillian right. that is, right. Right. that you're like, is that, like, you start with everyone in the insane asylum, yeah. like, everyone here is crazy, right. but then you get further along that it kind of blends the line a little bit. Like, is Jeffrey Goins crazy? Or is he... And then did um, Bruce Willis plant the idea for him because, like, he got sent to the wrong time, he talked to him about the 12 monkeys, and if it wasn't for that, then would Would Brad Pitt's character become that? But then there's the homeless guy. Yes. The homeless guy telling Bruce Willis to cut out his teeth because that's how they get you. Is that guy from the future? 
I don't know, but then you don't get any explanation. You're like, fuck, I don't know, man. Like, and I was really watching it this time. I'm right. like, I have no idea. Yeah, it's so hard to say. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> the original film has a reliable narrator. Uh, there's not a narrator in this film, but if there is one, it's unreliable. Completely. Like, what's real, what's not, who's... Like you said, that homeless guy this is the best example. Yeah. I, I don't it, It's, it, yeah, you have no idea. I would say one major difference, and I think a smart cut in 12 Monkeys, is uh, La Jete, our protagonist, or the man, goes to the future mm -hmm. at some point. And um, I think that by going to the future, in the future actually being like, okay, like... It well, takes the stakes down. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Like, yeah, the, the, everything will grow again. Yeah. Everything will be better. And, like, it's like this, you know, like, almost uh, tropey, like, utopian-type future. People are, like, beyond, uh, almost, like, emotions and, like, like they're just they're just almost perfect beings. Yes. With knowledge of everything. Um, which is like, okay, so, like, we get out of the caves and we figure this out. Yeah, like, we go back into it. Okay. It's like, it, which makes it interesting, um... When the man in in La Jete decides to just stay, because they're like, "Hey, you you're a pretty good at time travel. You want to yeah. hang out, be one of us?" And he's like, "No, I kind of like this chick from yeah, uh, I like this, I like this broad <laughs> back here." Like, like All right, okay, right. let's and go. It's like, you know, you can't change your past, right? <laughs> you can't change the past. Uh, bye. I'm not you. You no. you die. No, oh, I got no. killed. Which I also it kind of like I'm like, why'd you kill him? I yeah. guess because he went back and he wasn't supposed to, but. Uh, they, the whole, like, the death in, um, in Twelve Monkeys makes much more sense. Yes. <laughs> like, because he, yeah. he's, he's like, well, you're doing the right thing the complete wrong way. Right. Uh, but, right. and also, what they, uh, just to draw back for a second of, um, splicing in mm -hmm. almost insane, intentional, like, confusion. Right. What, like, the homeless guy, but when he remembers back after meeting Brad Pitt, he remembers to the time of spoiler his own death. Right. Um, he remembers the guy with the ponytail and the red hair. Right. So you meet Brad Pitt with a ponytail yep. in the future, and then his face is spliced into the, as that guy. That you're like, oh, he's the bad guy. Right. But right. he's just misremembering it. Exactly. But then again, Brad Pitt. He still the guy still has a ponytail, but he just put ponytail Brad Pitt. Yep. Like so, it's. And they don't put any other questions to it, which is also the main villain, David Morse, who's right. the guy who brings it out, uh, who's Christopher Plummer's assist, like head assistant in the labs. Yeah. Who, by the way, my mother loves David Morse. Yeah. Because yeah. he was on As the World Turns. Oh, and she fucking, she was like, oh, he could do no wrong. <laughs> she, he's great. He's but, a, he, he plays a. But when you meet him, he's just, oh, he's so creepy yeah. and so stone faced. You can't even smell it. But they have uh, the... When you meet him, he's in a clean suit. Yeah. So you don't see his hair. Right. Which is so good that like you see... So right. he's in like the whole suit of like, I can't... And, and even like that recurring thing. I know it's a different type of suit. It's not quite like his outfit. At the beginning of Bruce Willis's outfit at the beginning. When he goes into uh, the clear kind of clean suit when he's above surface. When he... Lands uh, before he gets put into um, the mental facility. And he takes the lady's clear raincoat because it's just like yes. Remember thing, just like 
his ability, Terry's ability to just put these different images throughout the film, and like you're saying, the use of the clean suit to obfuscate yeah. the fact that this is that's the ponytail. Yeah, because he's got a ponytail. Because obviously the ponytail is going to stand out. Right. It's right. going to clearly. Uh, but also, what back to what you were saying about the future, mm-hmm. the way what I love about the Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. Um, the, how they don't go into the future, so you don't know if it worked. Right. Like, you have no idea if any of the, Because, like I said, is, at the end, David Morris releases the... he And security, he releases right. the virus. That's how it gets out. Well, but, plane tickets everywhere. <laughs> plane tickets everywhere all over the country is going on quite the, the traveling expedition. Yeah. But... And on the first plane, he's sitting next to the, one of the main scientists right. that send Bruce Willis back. Now, is she there on purpose, or is she just happened to be there, and this is how she gets away from, like, the disease, because she's traveling in different places. Right. Now, you don't know, and then you have, the, first of all, Bruce Willis clearly can't get out of it because he sees himself die, right. and he's always seen himself die. And then you talk about... Jose in mm. World War One. So none of this, like, right. is this all for not? It doesn't matter what they right. do. I don't know. That's yeah. what I love the doubtfulness. Yes, I, I think so. Like the doubtfulness, the it is this sort of time meddling causing the problem. Is the time meddling the solution for the problem? Can, you know, like. But also, then they have also the new information of him mm. leaving the message of forget about the army of the twelve monkeys. It has nothing to do with them. Right. So that's also new. Right. Maybe the whole thing is just for that phone call. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because, like, if you're you're in the future, 2035, and your singular focus is like, oh, yeah, it's the 12 12 monkeys. That must be what causes it. And, like, you're sending all these resources towards that. When it's like, hey, dude, stop. Stop. Don't do that. It's not that. It's not that. It's another thing. You're right. So that might be the whole premise of, like, you... Maybe, like, what he was saying was actually right. I mean, I don't know if any of these answers are correct. No, no. But that's, that's what I like. Movie. That's what I love about it. It's that his whole thing is like, I can't save anyone. Right. I'm not going to save him. Maybe that's correct. Maybe that's, maybe he can't. Right. Because he, even though he's the protagonist, his little bit of help is that phone call. And then that narrows the search down a little bit. They could go back and send someone else back. And send someone else back. Or maybe they keep sending him back. And so that right. he gets... He could like build upon that. Yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. It's like there's there's like a a, a thought process of, and this is getting a little deep for sure. this podcast, but I just I'll say it just because it made me think of it of mm-hmm. like how people say like the meaning of life and what I don't think most people would want to know what their purpose in all of this is. No, because like you wouldn't want to know. Like, what if your whole purpose of being, your entire existence. In the metaphysical scale of the whole universe, is you are you have to bump into someone at a coffee shop where they drop the coffee, and because you drop they drop the coffee, they're fit five minutes later that they don't get into a car accident five right. miles down right. the road, and that same person who doesn't get into a car accident three generations later has a cure, has an eighty percent right. cure rate to leukemia. Right, you know, but you're. You bumped into them. That's what you did. That was, that was that's your... all. That's and for the re- and you were twenty four years old when you did that. The rest of your life is meaningless. Yeah, like uh, you wouldn't want to know that. No, you wouldn't want to know that. Like um, that effectively, you you were just a 
cog in the machine. Like, you're necessary. Yes. It's not glamorous. It's not glamorous at all. That's exactly what, and he's like yeah. the cl- the cog in this machine. You know what's funny? That um, that reminds me of a book that I really like. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, called uh, Fifth Business. Mm-mm. So it's a, it's a novel by this guy, Robertson Davies. And, um, yeah. And, like, the title, Fifth Business, means something like, I guess, like stage play, sort of. In plain English, Fifth Business is a name given to a character who is neither hero nor heroine, confidant nor villain. Uh, in short, a character of apparent unimportance. But, like, in a story, like, even an unimportant character, is important. So, like, in that book, without doing spoilers for that novel, the guy you're following isn't really who the story's about. It's about everyone else. It's about everyone else. But he has impact on each and every one of them, and it has, like, observations that lead to different events happening yes. throughout the film. I, I get that. I Also, there's a book, uh, a very famous book, The Stranger by Albert yeah. Camus, that he does... He's also... The main character is... Dull and void of emotion as far right. as everything goes, and everyone else is reacting to him not having the emotion of his mother dying, and right. he uh, he gets into a, a a fight with somebody, kills a guy. Yeah, and but it's like the same idea that you're like the non-reaction is the reaction. Right. There's there's another book. I mean, now we're just getting into yeah. books, but like there's another book I read that has again a similar theme, but it was called a uh, Gravel Heart. Uh, Gravel Heart. <laughs> Guy's last name's like Gurnan, but like he got the end. He's being executed, screaming "Driveway!" Brave heart. Get a gravel heart. Thank you, everybody. Let's get. Let's get him. Twelve monkey. But yeah, no, like there, like something happens to his father in that book, and it sets off all of these events. Okay. And then at the end, like like you're saying, like his father's life was. A complete disaster afterwards. But, like, everyone else got to do shit. Yeah. And, uh, they quoted, like, Shakespeare at some point. Um, I, I'm going to botch the quote, but it's basically like, um, actually, fuck that. I'm going to read it. Because since we're doing this, this is good. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> some people have a use in the world, even if it's only to swell a crowd and say, yeah, and some people don't. That's true. So, kind of yeah, like along those lines, like, yeah, maybe. And at the same time, what I think is, it, to bring it back to time travel and, and another book, yeah. of the, and back to Twelve Monkeys, is that it kind of reminds me of, of him going back and forth, of all this, of like kind of like uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah, yeah. That he, he's almost like a passenger in his own life, and right. even though he's proactive, he can't be. Like he's right. automatically doomed to do. Right. He's he has no influence over it. Yeah. He has. Uh, he's trapped. He's no matter what, and he sees the vicious loop. Although I don't know if he notices mm-hmm. his own self watching him die. Mm-hmm. In the in mm-hmm. Le Jeté, yeah. he does. Yes. He he knows like oh right this is fucking me right, <laughs> like, right, right. and he sees himself watching him. That's a good point. Like I yeah I don't. I don't know if that realization comes from playing Twelve Monkeys. He's just he's just dying. Yeah. Like, um, I, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know if the realization. Yeah, I don't know if it comes. But um, what it? But just know. the fact that we realize it. Yeah, is you realize that's a, it. Is true. It, yeah. it is enough. That's also the fact of him like beating over his head. 
beating up. You don't have to beat us over. We got it. Right. You know, like, right. We, no, it's, so, so it's so fascinating, though. And it's and I love the time travel story that doesn't work out. Yeah. You know, I kind of like it. Yeah, no, I do I do like that aspect of it. And, uh, yeah, the Slaughterhouse-Five reference is great, too. Mm. Just, I forget the name of the aliens in that, but um, when, like, when they observe time, it's all at once. Yeah. It's like, you know, nothing changes. Nothing like, changes. Like, these are moments you're not gonna go back. Like, um, you know, they ask the question. Like, uh, at some point in that book, uh, someone destroys the universe. Like, they press a button, they destroy the universe. It's like, aren't you gonna stop? It's like, man, he always presses the button. Yeah, he always presses the button. That's the way it goes. Yeah, so it goes. Yeah, and so it goes. And so, and so it, it goes. Yeah, that, there's a very much that element that I appreciate about Bruce Willis's character in, in uh, Twelve Monkeys. It, it's like, hey. Look, have all this change yeah. stuff like just I'm taking information taking resources like we said earlier that's all I'm here to do and um, you're right Is but is that what it takes yeah to save the world exactly and it's what maybe that little bit little, and then they build upon that little bit but you don't know right. that's what's beautiful like maybe he always left that message right you know and yeah. you just uh, it's so confusing but it's it's really interesting and that he's always pressed the button. He's always left a message, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they might send him back, and he might build and build. But right. you know, either way. And at one point, maybe it was Jeffrey Goins. Yeah, you know, like, maybe. Who knows? That's right. what. That's the whole thing. You don't know. Right. Like, um, because yeah, the Jeffrey Goings thing, right? Like, yeah. Okay, you gave Jeffrey the idea, but then that gave them the ability to like try to warn the doctor. The yeah. Like, no, I put things into place to stop this from happening, but like, did that set up the other guy being like, now I have access to yeah to the now I'm I'm the backup plan, right. so now I could do this and yeah I'm fucking yeah I'm done with these people yeah and the whole and the whole uh, the whole movie you're seeing people that, yeah you should yeah maybe you should and it's almost I it's it's really it was really a very good movie it's very deep intense yeah. I mean, uh... Well acted, and Christopher Plummer, God rest his soul, uh, he does such a great job. He really does. He re- And then, also, they have the original Riddler from the Batman TV show okay. as as a psychiatrist, and uh, he's as glib and uh, cynical as anyone could possibly be, he, for, especially for someone that fought Batman as many times as he did. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I think, um... La Jete is an interesting... It's a great idea. I, exactly. It really is a great idea. And also the idea of that... Have you ever done this? And I, I've had that in the same, um, in the same respect of La Jate, mm-hmm. that I was thinking about this. Like, have you ever, like, felt, like, woken up on, like, a summer morning and you hear the birds before your eyes open up? Yeah. You could swear that you're 10 years old. Like, you could... Yeah, like, I know. Like, I could be, like, I know where I would be, I know yeah. what I would be doing, blah, blah, blah. And it's almost... And it's taking that feeling and exacerbating it to the point of, it's, you're actually there. Right. And right. you're sensationalizing. And why, in the world post-Hiawaska <laughs> being, yeah. like... And why couldn't you be there? You know? Like, that's what I love about that. It's like, you probably could... Funny, funny enough, it's uh, like I don't know if he ever actually goes anywhere. Yeah, no, true. Funny enough, uh, Bridget earlier she had a post about like just like laying out in the grass. Yeah. One day, and I was like, yeah, that feeling of like the sun hitting you, 
like uh, being on the grass. Like you're right. Like I'm not thinking about that in the concept of now. I'm thinking about it in, like the past. Yeah, that how field, that felt. You know, um, there's a there's like a bridge. I think it's actually the Baltimore Washington um, tunnel or whatever. Uh, there's a bridge that I travel on when I go back to Maryland and stuff like that. And it, it always reminds me of this time when I sit in the backseat and my grandfather had like one of those like mobile TVs and we watched like baseball. Oh, yeah. Like a car ride down. That might as well have been, because it's well before the iPhone and stuff, that might as well have been magic. The fact that we were oh, watching the, you know, it, the, the Mets. I swear magic. to God, the same thing. It was the, the I remember being like nine years old when my yeah. grandmother died. Was the, and then we got uh, a limo. Okay. And we're driving to like her cemetery, and the limo had a fucking TV. Same thing, yeah. like, and tw- we could watch Twenty One Jump Street on this <laughs> thing. That what do I remember about my grandmother's funeral? Right. Watching Johnny Depp as yeah. fucking David Hansen running around, be like, "Yo, down on Jump Street." Don't get me wrong; I was upset yeah. by your dying and all, but cool. that was a pretty good consolation prize at that time. <laughs> I was I, fucking nine. I had a similar experience with uh, my my grandmother. Uh, my grandma's passed, and um. The cemetery where she's buried is next to like a golf course, and like we're sitting there, and we're you know, trying to have this like somber moment, and it's like what? And you're like, no, this shit almost hit me, and like we're like, that's too good. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> like, I miss your grandma, but uh, love you. That's uh, this is I'm not gonna hit with a fucking baseball. Yeah, it's time to get out. It's time to get out. But you, you all, all have those moments. Like, yeah. you have. There are certain things too. Like, I. I was, I remember traveling in Europe, and like, it's just certain songs that like, will trigger it for me, like a, a memory, like, this man tried to accost me in the bathroom right. of, uh, of uh, a French bathroom, and he was trying to uh, do a little diddling to the, the guy here, <laughs> like, and uh, he was, he was putting out the bait pretty heavy, and uh, yeah. I did not appreciate it, but I remember I had... This is the early days of iPods. Of course, yeah. I didn't have an iPod. I had a Dell Pod, sure. which was connected to your Dell computer. But I had a... That's a that's sign of the times if there was ever been yeah. one, by the way. But I had I was listening to Ray Charles Mess Around. Okay. And I fucking... What, mess around? around? And meanwhile, this guy's Personal. trying to fucking fondle me. That is a phenomenal song yes. for a fight scene. I know, right? And I, and <laughs> I, I fucking knock this around. This around. <laughs> and this guy falls back with his dick out. And it's like, so, and so a, a blind black man from the South yes. had to learn how to play piano. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, and whoever was like, Adele was like, oh, Apple's just eating our shit. Yeah. What about Adele Pot? Yo, who's going to buy this? Here's Dan Farley. <laughs> yes, French. I'm going to Europe. <laughs> Some French guys like, yeah, yeah, I got. Yo, look at that guy. Yeah, <laughs> mm. which means like at one point you you lifted too many weights. Yes, like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like the cosmic confluence. <laughs> and then yes, I don't want you to think that I, I he was he was creepy and sexually assaulted, but he got his everybody. Yeah. I don't want to oh, turn this around. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. I have a newfound appreciation for this. Film. I know. See, it goes, everything's connected. If, and it's like, and another Kurt Vonnegut book that's like that's The uh, Sirens of Titan. Okay. I'm not going to spoil it for, because uh, you didn't read it, but no. I'm, so I'm not going to spoil it in a room. But it, it's very much in the same concept of these ideas that mm. we're discussing here. Of like, of what they have to do to get to something else, to what, and then yeah. it's like, that, that was the whole fucking reason? Mm-hmm. Like, that entire thing was for this. Yeah. 
Oh shit. We even like I'm not I'm not finished with it yet, but like I'm reading Vonnegut's Cat's Cradle and like that concept of like I guess the crafts or like these people that you're connected to. Yes. Right? Like I guess in Twelve Monkeys maybe it's Jose and him and the woman or Madeline Stoll's character. Uh Jeffrey Goings, like they all are part of this this story. It needs to be woven. Like no matter how much he wants to stop the uh the disease. Um, it just it needs to happen. This yes, is the whole thing. This is your Everything, yes, this is what has. Everyone has to come together. Yeah. There are a bunch of quotes from this movie that I say. Mm -hmm. I say to myself constantly, but it's a reference that I don't think anyone would get. Like sure. when, he, when I, if someone, we, I was saying it to myself in the car when yeah. that when that woman was parking, okay. and it was like it was a mess. Like whatever she was doing was <laughs> annoying, and it was so annoying. And it, I was like female. <laughs> and then when, and then every time when someone's saying something that's insane, I just look at them and I'm like, that is very sane, that's very just, sane, yeah. very, 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 very sane. God, he's so good. He's good. He's very good. Uh, yeah. So, go ahead. So for me, I got I got the hands. This got the hands. My, my talking, thinking hands. Um, There's a commercial that annoys me right now with a guy like that. All right. Could you stop? <laughs> just hold some mugs, man. That's so good. Um. The 20-minute featurette, La Jete, uh, from 1962, like you said, is a great concept. It's a great concept. The concept's dope, and it actually executed really well in, for like a thought experiment, like having the future in that is fine, in the concept of that film, because it's not, it's not built out the way yes. Twelve Monkeys is. So it's like, okay, here's the future, and we're basically trying to tell you, stop trying to change the past because that's like not gonna happen. Yeah, you can't let it go. You have to let it go. Which in the concept of that film is a lot of fun. Twelve Monkeys, I guess we're at this part of the podcast, absolutely should exist because it took the central premise of that um, featurette, expanded into this like really deep and like immersive uh, experience, and and just this um, metaphysical yes. idea of everything. And I mean that does too. But it expanded it so much if it were a reality. Right, right. It was like, okay, here's a series of pictures, and like you're kind of filling the blanks with like in your own mind of like, wow, what what would this be like? I I 100 percent agree with you. I couldn't uh, that not only does both of these should exist. Yes, because the uh, the one the central idea of La Jete is so Im imperative to the human's yes. development, the spirit of like all these ideas, but also the the way it's executed is so specific that you don't need any... There's no special effects in no. it. There's nothing that you need. Like, it's... Yes, I like I said, student filmish. Mm -hmm. But it's it's at the far the far yeah, better right, end right. of it. Like, it's almost like student films are a, a terrible like, recreation yeah, of that. You know, right, it's like, right. oh, I am... All the, oh, I'm so alone. And, and then... Um, but then, then Twelve Monkeys taking that idea and just expounding upon yes. it and adding this whole element of these, you know, is it real? Is it not real? And then it is real. These The only qualm I can come up with really is there's some, like, ADR stuff. Sure. And I'm like, eh, that's, you're clearly not saying it's that. The 90s. Yes, it's the 90s. And then the, um, but also it feeds so well into, as for a guy that loves reading, like, Watching on YouTube, like, mm -hmm. the different, like, top ten, like, weird things sure. that you see. Like, James Cole could be all over those lists. Right. Like, like when he's crafting the fucking thing. And he's, and 
and in the in the psych ward, and they're like, "How did he get out?" Like, no one knows. This yeah. uh, this naked so guy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, he had no. He couldn't speak French. They, no one knows right. who he is. Like, no. it's all these like top ten lists that, that I got watched. Like creepiest things you'll find on the internet. All of these like motherfucker. Like these are there. Yeah, like yeah. if you look. So I would love. So I, that's another part I love, but also the profound interest in in. in the human psyche and time travel, but sure. the effect that that would have on it, it's, it is really well it's done. Really and it is executed so well. And, you know, lots And of all the other part, the, the other thing that I wouldn't say that it's, I don't, a hundred, it's like the disease if you go underground, I don't know if you're yeah. going to be protected from anything. But, but you know, they, I think they, um, will allow Yes, I'll, allow, I'll, I'll let know, it go. I'll let both go. You know, I think, um, I also think that a lot of times we're watching films and we're talking about adaptations and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of times they're like doing that one-to-one -one shit. The it was so smart to not include the future. Yes. It it you know there's a way to do it, but like just take it like we don't want to know what James Cole's future is. Like, no. We want to think about it, but we don't want to know. Well, he has no future. That's true. He's, he's got, got no hands. hands. <laughs> he's got no hands. <laughs> My hands are tied. <laughs> My hands are tied. Yeah. No, it's, it's really good. It's really great. really fucking good. Okay. So, uh, what do you want to do for the next one? No, we've been talking about it. Why don't we, uh, why don't we do Lay Miss? Oh, Lay Miss! Lay Miss. Lay Miserable! Keep we'll keep it in French. Keep yeah, it keep going. I like going. it. Yeah. Lay Miserable. Which one are we doing? Ah, uh, boy. We're going to do the, we could do like the 90s one that's not singing and the new one that's singing? Yeah. Okay, the one with Liam Neeson not singing, and then sure. and then uh, Hugh Jackman singing. We gotta do the Hugh Jackman. We gotta do. Yeah. We gotta do the yeah. Hugh Jackman. One. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think so. The other That's, ones like gets a little. Yeah, that could be much. Like, yeah. I think uh, the juxtaposition would be good to discuss. Yes, so. I'm in. Yeah. Plus, I can read Les Mis. Yes. Oh, read Les Mis. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got it. That's gonna take a bit. It's gonna take a while. Yeah, I gotta. I, that's on my list too. Again, I read it years ago. I'll get it done. But anyway, yes, we'll get it done. All right. Awesome, man. It's been another Retroverse remake. Thank you all for watching. Like, subscribe, um, follow yeah. us at Retroverse Remake on Instagram. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> you can follow me at RP Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, and you can follow me at uh, Dan Farley eighteen on Instagram or Jersey Dan eighteen on uh, Twitter. And then, yeah, that's it. And then we also, oh, we should uh, promote that show. We're going to oh, have a yeah. show in, in uh, Staten Island, New York, at the St. George Theater on September 19th. Uh, we have um, September, it's either 19th, sorry, guys, I should have looked this up. September 16th. The 16th. Um, the St. George Theater on Staten Island. It's also Rosh Hashanah. Oh. Uh, that we have two shows, a 7 o'clock oh. and a 9.30 show. We're going to have a great lineup of uh, us, the two of us doing comedy. Absolutely. Uh, this is the Colonel Mastodon show. If you want to buy tickets, you can go to the stgeorgetheater.com and buy uh, tickets. Uh, just You'll see this uh, cabaret schedule, and you can find us. Yeah. And then we'll have other things coming up recently, too. I think this... Uh this is a swing, but I think we should try to submit this to the New York City Comedy Festival, too. What? Us. Oh, let's yeah. Let's do, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah. That'd be dope. But, yeah, listen to us on Spotify. Yes. Uh, iTunes. Click, like, subscribe. 
comment. Um, if you, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll uh, be back next time with uh, Les Miserables. Les Miserables. What's up, man? Good shit. <laughs>